Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Excellent. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you here today. You're looking really well. It was a, it was a compliment. Look, you're looking really well. You're singing really well, too. I know it's not because Taylor Swift's in town. But seriously, you're singing really well today, and so good to be here with you this morning. How many? I know we didn't do that hand raise, did you? But if you're visiting today, um, great, to, great to have you here. Also, um, I get to speak occasionally here as part of the teaching team. So last time I was here was early December. So uh, really good to be back. Hope you had a good Christmas. I know that's a distant memory now. We had a COVID Christmas, believe it or not. And Nicole's dad lives in uh, Queensland, and he. Uh, was generously given COVID on the Jetstar flight on the way down. And so he arrived and then Nicole got COVID and we're we're vaccinated but but never had it. And then I got it. So yeah, we had to kind of cancel Christmas, which was a bit annoying. And so we had Christmas a week late this year. And it was a good time, but a little bit different. So anyway, whatever your Christmas was like, it was good. And uh, Happy New Year. I know it's February, we can still say Happy New Year. Hope the New Year's going really well for you. If you weren't here in early December, you might notice I'm looking a little bit different. And I've had a few mistaken identity situations. Uh, Richard Branson, someone called me. Uh, Someone else, George Clooney. I'll take that, I'll take that. Grizzly Adams was another mistaken identity. And, And then in December, particularly this kind of Santa Claus guy, Everywhere. Hey, Santa. Hey, Santa. Hey, Santa. So anyway, um, I know you've all got opinions about my beard. Um, bottom line is Nicole likes it. So as much as I appreciate and value your opinion, it's really irrelevant. <laughs> anyway, all of that to say, good to be here this morning and uh, really good to be a part of all that's happening here at Bayside. Um, I left, uh, Jesse, just the, there's a little, no, no, at the back, there's a little kind of clicker there. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to bring a picture up on the screen as we start today. Thank you, team. August last year, uh, typical winter's day, uh, cold but uh, sunny. And uh, this is our back room. We live in Berwick. And in our back room, we have these uh, really big windows and it's north facing. And I had a day off. And so I was uh, just sitting in my comfortable chair there. And uh, as the sun was coming in the window, it was just a really, really nice moment. It was uh, warm and there was this light. And as you can see, we've got a bunch of kind of trees in the neighbor's yard there. And so I was just sitting there enjoying the the warmth of the sun and the light. And uh, I like to take some time somewhere in my week just to kind of pause all the busyness and just to be still, reflect on, on life and, and what's happening and I like to journal a little bit. And so I was there on this, this morning enjoying the light, enjoying, enjoying the sun. It was just, just kind of like a deep breath in, a real sense of peace. And I don't, don't know how long I was kind of in this state as it were. And then I noticed uh, suddenly I was, I was feeling really cold. It was like a chill went down my back and it was dark. And it, it, it's like all of that warmth and light and love was gone and it was dark and cold now. And I kind of looked up because <laughs> I hadn't moved, but um, not rocket science, but the sun had moved and it was now behind that, that, that big pillar there. <clears throat> and so 
I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's now dark and cold and I have kind of moved out of this really, really nice place, but I hadn't moved. I'd, I'd just been sitting there and the sun had moved. And spontaneously, I, I heard these words. And when I say I heard these words, I'm not sure if they were uh, coming to me or near me or within me, but just this, these words came <clears throat> quite softly and profoundly, move into the light. And uh, I must have thought that's a good idea. And so I, I literally moved my chair uh, just a couple of feet and suddenly the, the light and the warmth w- was back again. Now, um, that might sound like a kind of an unusual story to start a message with, but, but for me, it was, it, it was something quite profound. And as I actually was journaling, I... I kind of write a few things. I wrote a few things in my journal. Light is life and warmth and growth. Darkness is death, cold and decay. Pick up your chair and move towards the light. It's time to move away from things that are now dark and death and cold for me. Maybe some activities, practices and people that are no longer life giving. It's time to move towards light and life and warmth, activities, practices, people that are life-giving. And so I just started kind of reflecting on this experience as it were. And another thing I wrote was, I wonder how long it took me to notice that the sun had gone. How cold did it have to get before I woke up to the reality that I was no longer in the light? And so this simple phrase, move, into the light. Uh, and, you know, you might be sitting here saying, well, that's just yourself talking to yourself. But, but for me, it was, a, it was a bit of a mystical experience. Uh, I sensed that God was in that moment. And it, it kind of affected me for, for the next few days and months. And even as, I, even as I talk about it now, just this simple phrase, move into the light. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. Maybe we could close now with prayer. And <laughs> move into the light. Uh, it, it was an experience that um, wasn't super extraordinary, but there was a, a kind of a mystical dimension to it. Uh, what about you today? Have you had some kind of experience like that? experience with God and experience with the divine. Maybe it was a a word or a phrase like I had. Maybe it was a dream or an impression or or maybe this internal prompting or leading, maybe a vision or a picture or or a healing or a miracle or maybe some words from the Bible or an overwhelming emotion or simply your life itself. Uh, Frederick Buchner says, listen to your life. Listen to what happens to you because it is through what happens to you that God speaks. And so this year, as I've been praying and reflecting on what to share on, I'm going to be doing a a series called Everyday Experiences with the Divine. And we're going to have a, a number of messages throughout the year around this theme. Here at Bayside, the theme for the year is connectivity. Is that right? Connectivity. And so I'm going to be focusing particularly on our connection with God uh, in our daily lives, in the ordinary as well as the extraordinary. And so that's our, that's our, our theme for this year. And that's going to be my 
contribution to it. We want to begin by, first of all, talking about uh, the divine, about God. You know, most humans at some point in their life ask some questions like, is there a God? And if there is a God, where is this God? And, and what is God like? And, and how do you connect or experience with this God? Uh, of course, not everyone believes in God. Uh, you might have uh, heard of this famous fellow, uh, Frederick Nietzsche. That's a handlebar moustache, huh? <laughs> if you're listening to the audio, you should have watched the video. <laughs> Uh, here's Friedrich Nietzsche, a German philosopher, uh, late 19th century. And he once said, God is dead. God remains dead. We have killed him. Well, here we are 100 years or so later. Nietzsche is now dead. <laughs> but God is very much alive. Hey, do you remember that Sunday school song? No, 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 no. God's not dead. <laughs> Whoa, someone just had a mystical experience. <laughs> Do you remember that one? He is alive. Anyway, very deep theology, that one. Um, uh, in fairness to Nietzsche, this quote is often misunderstood and taken out of context because what he was basically saying was the Enlightenment had kind of contributed to the erosion of religious belief, which had been the foundational belief system for much of the world, including Europe where he lived. But uh, needless to say, God is not dead. God is everywhere. You, you know, our worldview uh, is our image of reality. It's what we believe is real and it's the way we think things really are. It's like a lens, as it were, through which we see reality. Some people have a religious worldview and some people have a non-religious worldview. Uh, here's um, some recent stats, and you may not be able to see them from where you are, but here in Australia, there was a community survey, survey done in 2019. And this revealed that 61% of Aussies uh, say they believe in God. 29% in a personal God, another 32% in some kind of spirit or life force. And so those with a religious worldview say that in addition to the visible world of our ordinary experience, there is a non-material dimension of reality, uh, often called God or the divine or the sacred or the more or the ground of being. And so this view is shared by all the religions of the world, including Christianity. Other people, however, have a non-religious worldview. They don't believe in God. Uh, they say the space-time world of matter and energy is all there is. And this is often called a secular, naturalistic or material modern view. Uh, in Australia, 21% of Aussies would describe themselves as atheists. They do not believe in God and they don't think there's anything else than what we can see and touch and feel. Another 18% describe themselves as agnostic, which means they're not sure. So interesting, uh, over 61%, the majority of Australians do have a belief in the divine, in God, about 39% don't. And so where is God? If there is a God, where is this God? 61% of Aussies tend to believe there is. And I don't want to get into the various proofs of God's existence today, other than to say personal religious experience, though far from conclusive, is one of the most persuasive arguments for God's existence. People throughout history, throughout cultures, have claimed to have experienced God. Um, some quite dramatic, some overwhelming, some a little bit more quiet, like my little 
move into the light moment. But hundreds of millions of people, intelligent people have said they've experienced the presence of God and this cannot be taken lightly. And so let's talk about God. Assume that today you're either believing in God or open to the fact that there is something more. And so let's talk about God. Where is God? Is God out there or is God right here? Is God far away, transcendent, above and beyond, or is God close, near? Imminent is the word that's often used. There's a story of told, the story told of five travelers. They've been seeking God for some time and they're all lodging in the one place one evening. And so as they're sitting in the lobby by the fireplace, they introduce themselves. The first traveler said, I am seeking the divine, the God of the universe. And they said to him, well, well where is this God for you? And the traveler says, <laughs> beyond me, lifting his hands in the air. The second traveler said, I, I found something quite different. I feel God has a presence that is close with me. God is with me all the time, like an intimate friend. And they said, well, where is God for you? And she said, right here beside me. The third traveler said, I I've arrived at another conclusion. I've found that God is within, living on the inside of me. And when asked, where is God for you? Traveller said, in here. The fourth traveller, knowledgeable of these three entirely different claims about ultimate reality said, I've decided to try out, uh, to give up trying to find God anywhere. If wise and sincere people like the three of you can't agree, then it seems that none of you are right. God is nowhere. The fifth traveller remained silent for a moment. And then she said, I have also explored various paths. They've often seemed incompatible and irreconcilable with one another. And she looked at the fourth traveler and said, however, I've come to a very different conclusion than you have. I don't believe that if these three others can't agree, then they're all wrong. Instead, I think they're all right, including you. God is beyond us. God is beside us as the dearest friend. And God is also within us. This last seeker discovered that each of the seekers had a part of the truth. And when we put them together, we have the whole picture. Uh, what, what do you think? Jesus seemed to model this big God beyond this close God and this God on the inside. As followers of Jesus, we're encouraged to also embrace these three faces of God as you would a, a, a God that is big enough to be beyond us and incomprehensible. And yet a God who's close enough to be this transforming presence, this transforming friend and a God who also wants to live within us by God's spirit. And so these three faces of God are true and real and they can also be experienced. Um, one of the common views about God through history is this God beyond us, theism, this belief in God, but God is where? Up in heaven, wherever that is. Uh, God is out there, God is distant, God is remote, God is somewhere else than where we are now. And so we ask this God to intervene, to come down, to show up as it were. 
extreme views of theism are called deism. And deism is this belief that God created the world, but kind of left it to run by natural principles. And so God exists, but God is uninvolved. And many of the 19th, 17th, 18th century um, philosophers were deists, including the founding fathers of America, this God who created everything, but kind of like a clock wound it all up just to run without any involvement. We doing okay today? We're going somewhere. I'm going to talk about an interesting word called panentheism. Panentheism, not, not pantheism. Uh, pantheism, pan meaning everything, theism, God. Pantheism believes that everything is God. It's a very naturalistic spiritual worldview. This is not pantheism. Panentheism is looking at a God who is near and close and not just out there and far away. It sees the universe as not separate from God, but actually in God. So pan, everything, in, n in, God, theos, believes that God is more than transcendent, yet everything is in God. God is also imminent. Although this is a fairly new word, last couple of hundred years in the English language, the, the concept is not only ancient, but biblical. And the best example of this is Paul in Acts 17, verses 27 to 28. He's speaking there in Athens, a, a very culturally diverse, religiously diverse place. He says, God is not far from any one of us. But he then says, for in him we live and move and have our being. And so Paul's declaring God's not just out there far away, but we are in God, we live in God, we move in God, we have our very breath, our very being, our very consciousness is in God. And so God is not just out there, but right here, presence with us. And so that doesn't reduce God to the universe or identify God with the universe, but God is more than the universe, but God is also more than beyond. God is right here. Theologically, it's referred to the, as the omnipresence of God. There's no way you can go. And one of David's Psalms says, where can I go from your presence? If I make my bed here, if I go here, you are there. And so this is this belief that God is everywhere. God's glory fills the entire earth. There's no place you can go where God isn't already there. This uh, belief kind of also emerged into something called the Trinity, which is, is another interesting view of God. We're just laying some foundations here today. Uh, back in Jesus' day, uh, Judaism, which he grew up within, was a monotheistic Religion, In other words, they believed in one God, not many or multiple gods as many of the other religions. And so for Jesus, this one God who He addressed as Abba or Father, this intimate connection, the great I am of Moses, um, this was the world that Jesus came into. One God, uh, the God who's above and beyond. And yet Jesus said, there's an intimacy that you can have with this God. 
After Jesus' resurrection, his followers came to believe as they had these appearances and experience of Jesus alive after being dead, they started to believe that Jesus too was more than just human, but there was something divine about Jesus. And so Jesus became Jesus Christ, not just a surname, but this recognition that Jesus was more than. And so this belief in not only God the Father, God beyond, but God the the Son, the one who has incarnated and been right here with us, God the Son. And then Jesus said to His disciples, when I leave, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's not gonna just be with you, but the Holy Spirit's gonna live on the inside of you. So, So not just God beyond, not just God beside, but now God living on the inside of us. And so from this emerged the doctrine of the Trinity, not three gods, one God, but three persons. It's a mystery. If you can get your head around it, you're much smarter than myself or any other theologian throughout history. One God existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, as, as helpful as this kind of Trinity doctrine is, there's a bit of a danger to it because Father, Son and Spirit, you can start to think God's an old man and his son and a bird. (laughs) The dove. Somebody a bit slow this morning. Father, Son, Spirit. Uh, God's an old man in the sky. Come on, you've all seen the pictures of the old man in the sky and and his son, Jesus and the dove, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here today, but sometimes language has limitations. And so although the Trinity helps, it can seem to, 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 to limit at times. And I wanna suggest to you today as we begin this series on uh, everyday experiences with the divine, that the Father represents the God who's beyond us. And the word father does not mean that God is male. (laughs) God is not male. God is spirit uh, and spirit uh, transcends gender. In fact, you've heard this before, but back in Genesis, when humans were made in the image or likeness of God, uh, God said, let us make humans in our image. And then he made the male and female. So it takes the male and the feminine to represent the image and likeness of God. So God is not a male. (laughs) God is not uh, masculine. In fact, there are feminine characteristics to God. And unfortunately, in our patriarchal society, often, that, often that's been missed throughout the Christian tradition. But uh, Jesus once said, like a mother hen gathers its little chickens under its wings, so I wanted to gather you, but you wouldn't come. There's many feminine metaphors uh, throughout the Bible. And so when we say father, we're not just saying male, we're, we're saying parent. We're saying this God who's beyond us, who's transcendent, who's imminent, but happens to be loving. God is love. The, the, the very nature of God is this infinite compassion. Uh, like a, a normal parent has for a child. And so this God beyond Jesus is actually bringing closer by saying, uh, God is not just beyond and big and mighty and majestic creator, but you can have the sense of closeness and intimacy. And so the Father represents the God beyond us. Jesus uh, represents the God beside us, like, like a companion, like a fellow adventurer, like a sojourner, like someone actually walking and doing life with you. 
And so God beside us, God the Son. And then the Spirit is God living within us as our inner friend and helper. And uh, Peter actually makes a dramatic statement in one of his letters. Uh, So here we go. Father, the God beyond me. Son, the God beside me. Spirit, the God who wants to live and breathe God's life. Me. Uh, Peter makes a bold statement. God has given us great and precious promises so that through them we may partake in the, that was your cue, in the divine nature. This is pretty amazing. Uh, there's some great promises for all of us and he wants us to participate, to partake, to uh, be a partner with God's nature (laughs) inside of us, uh, that we actually have God living within us. You know, Jesus talked about God. Jesus talked to God. Jesus talked as God. And, And He calls those who follow Him to actually know about God, to relate to God, but to also experience what it actually means to allow God to live God's life through us. Stay with me. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Move into the light. Jesus says, I am the light. But you know what he said to his followers? You are the light of the world. As you go out tomorrow to the uni, to the neighbourhood, to your workplace, uh, God's actually wanting to live through you and, and be that light. See, these experiences with God are not just for us to kind of feel good and have a buzz. They're actually to transform us so that we can be a benefit to others so that our world can be a better place. Where there's darkness, we bring light. Where there's discouragement, we bring hope. Where there's sadness, we bring joy and comfort. Jesus is saying, I actually want to live in and through you. And so as we kind of pull this together, uh, what what I'm really saying is the heart of Christianity, uh, the heart of Christianity is a relationship with God that includes experience. Uh, You know, I think sometimes Christianity is degenerated to just a a system of beliefs, uh, you know, doctrines and uh, creeds. And if you're a Christian, you need to believe this, 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 this. And I'm not saying that doctrine and theology aren't important. Uh, For others, Christianity is degenerated into a a kind of a a set of ethics. If you're a Christian, you don't do this, 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 you do this, this, this. And so sometimes we think the Christian life is about believing the right things and doing the right things. And although they're important, would say that the Christian life is meant to be a way of life characterized by love. Love between God and us and love between us and the world. And so it's about relationship, not requirements. It's an invitation, not a threat. It's about connectivity, experience with God. And so God, I believe, is, is personal a person-like being with personal characteristics and our relationship with God is intended to also be personal. God is more of a presence than a force or power. God, we address as you, not it. God is a person, not just a, a source or a force or a power. And as a person, I believe God speaks or communicates with us in various ways. A God who wants you and I to experience God. Uh, Jesus once said, you want to talk about eternal life? Sometimes we think eternal life's in heaven when we die. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the one and true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. 
Jesus is saying the quality of life we all long for, hunger for, is this knowledge, not just about information, but this experience, this connection with God. And James picks this up and says, you know what? <laughs> if, we, if we come close to God, <laughs> my little words, if we move into the light, if we come close to God, God will come close to us. It's a beautiful promise. Move into the light, move towards the things that bring light and love and warmth. And there's various practices and things we can engage in that position us to sense God more personally and more powerfully. A couple more thoughts. There's a theologian named Karl Rahner, German <clears throat> Jesuit priest theologian, he once said this, the Christian of the future will be a mystic or will not be a Christian anymore. That's a very interesting statement, very random. What is that all about? Sounds a bit mysterious, doesn't it? The Christian of the future will be a mystic or they will not be a Christian at all. Uh, unfortunately, the word mystic and mystical and mysticism <laughs> from which we get the word mystery. We actually sang today about the mystery. Um, sometimes I think words take us in different directions and we can kind of think of some exotic new age spirituality. Um, you know, the word mystery simply means something that's hidden. Uh, a, a mystic is a person who believes that the God who is hidden, in fact, Isaiah 45, 15 says, you are a God who hides <laughs> himself. And so the, one of the paradoxes of spirituality is that God who is spirit cannot be seen with the natural eye. So there's a hiddenness to God. But, but the mystic, the spiritual per person believes God is hidden in plain sight. That's a paradox. God is hidden in plain sight. In other words, there is this mystery to God. We cannot see God with, with, with the natural senses, but a mystic is a person who believes that nevertheless, we can experience this God. And so a mystic is a person who believes that God's presence is real and experiences that in transformative ways. And it also affects their relationship with others. And so it's about seeing life from a new perspective. God's presence is not just out there. And so many of the songs today reinforced everything I wanted to say. God's presence is right here, right now. God is present though hidden, but God is here. And so the spiritual life starts to become one of paying attention, of noticing, of listening carefully, of slowing down and, and looking for uh, those connections with God, those, those moments. And some of them might be radical and quite uh, dramatic. Some of them can be quite quiet and ordinary. Let's look at the Bible. If you think about the Bible, the Bible is simply a record of people's experiences with God. Adam and Eve would walk in the garden in the evening and they would talk with God. Abraham's just doing his business one day, maybe looking out a window like me and these words, Abraham, leave your family and your country and come to a land I want to show you. Well, was that real? Abraham, you're talking to yourself. Was that God? Just some words and radically changed the direction of his life. Noah, don't know what he was doing one day. Build me an ark. 
What's that? <laughs> Moses, there's a bush burning, <laughs> but it's not being consumed. He goes, oh, I think I'll go check out what's happening with that bush. <laughs> and when God saw that Moses stopped to look, when he had Moses' attention, God said, God spoke to Moses out of a bush. Joshua, some person, who are you? The captain of the Lord's host, the prophets, visions, dreams, experiences. Jesus being baptised as He comes up out of the water. There's this dove that comes down in a voice. You're my son and I'm really pleased with you. Paul on a road to Damascus, persecuting these weird fanatic Christians and has an encounter with Jesus. The Bible is a record, not just of theology, not just of ethics, but of people's personal and profound experiences with God, without which we would have no Bible today. And as we look at church history, we have the same thing. Um, Could tell many stories. St. Francis of Assisi, anyone heard of St. Francis? Lived a luxurious, rich life, was a partier, drank a lot and had an encounter with God that changed his life. One day he was in church and there was a a crucifix and he heard these words, Francis, repair my church. That's all. Changed the direction of his life. Created a reformation movement that still affects Christianity today. John Wesley read his Bible one morning. There are many great and precious promises. Actually, exactly what we read here partakers of the divine nature. That evening he went to church. He actually wasn't that interested in going to church. You may have never had that experience. (laughs) But somewhere in that church meeting, he says, I felt my heart strangely warmed. That's all he said. And his life radically changed and a whole movement called the Methodists, which have been around a while now, but back then they transformed what Christianity looked social impact and justice and helping the poor. Just a little phrase, I felt my heart strangely warm. William Booth had visions. One vision, Jesus rebuked him for his nominal, useless, lazy, professing Christian life. Anyone heard of the Salvation Army? William Booth. Mother Teresa, later when she passed, they heard of her many secret mystical experiences with Jesus that shaped her passion for the poor. And so not only is the Bible, but history is filled with people that had these somewhat ordinary, but extraordinary connections with God. And so, so you and I may not have as dramatic experiences ourselves, but I believe we can all have everyday experiences with the divine, everyday experiences. It could just simply be a prompting, move into the light. And so I want to encourage you this year to be open, to open your eyes, as it were, to open your ears, to, to uh, open your heart. We're going to talk about some different ways we can experience God through the sacred word. How do we hear God's voice? How do we see? What about vision? Uh, what about your dreams? Do they mean anything? We'll be telling more stories and doing some more teachers, but uh, teaching. But I believe everyday experiences with the divine is not just for pastors, not just for prophets or monks or nuns or saints. It's for everybody, everybody to experience God. God is much bigger than we can think or imagine, yet God is much closer. And experiencing this God is what the Christian life is all about. And as we experience God, we're transformed and realise this God is with us and for us and our world is impacted as a result. Everyone said amen.
Let me pray for you today, God. Uh, I thank you for every person in the room this morning, those listening online or maybe to a podcast a little later on. I just pray that they would uh, have open eyes, open ears, open hearts to your reality and to experiencing you, that they'd be more aware of you. You are not a God that's far away or far beyond. You're a God who's right here, right now, as close as our breath. We'd be more aware of you and we'd be more attentive to you speaking to us. Maybe just a simple phrase, move into the light. This year, may we experience you to new dimensions. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.